Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now, with 116 episodes made, broadcasting from 1949 to 1953, we bring to you Richard Diamond, Private Detective. The makers of Camel Cigarettes present Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. What is the 30-day camel mildness test? It's a sensible test of cigarette mildness based on steady smoking. And here's all you do. Smoke only camels for 30 days. Smoke them as your steady smoke and see how rich, how flavorful camels are pack after pack. Yes, smoke camels as your steady smoke for 30 days and discover how well camels agree with your throat week after week. Tonight, start your own 30-day camel mildness test. Make the camel 30-day test and you'll see. Smoke camels and see. Now we bring you another transcribed adventure with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, a pleasant smile, a cheerful rhyme, and we'll keep you from doing time. Oh. Hi, Helen. Hi. Rick, where do you get that cheerful rhyme bit? You didn't think so? I didn't think so. Killjoy. Why can't you answer the phone like other people do? Just say hello. You know, I never thought of that. You should try it sometime. Your prospective clients might think they were dealing with a sane, normal person. You think it's fair to mislead them? <laughs> oh, Rick. <laughs> Are you busy? Silly girl. Busy detectives make money. I just sit at my desk and make conversation with a beautiful redhead. Well, why don't you leave your desk and come make conversation with said redhead in person? That's not a bad idea. I'm all alone. The idea is getting better. It's not even noon yet. We can go for a long walk. Oh. Well, you don't sound very enthusiastic. What's wrong with taking a walk? Honey, in my business, I do more leg work than a pair of nylons. Walking just isn't my idea of a ripping good time. Have you a better suggestion? You can know me for five years and ask questions like that. Oh, now, dear, let's just... Uh-uh, skip it. I am not alone. Client? Mm-mm. Shrimp Martin. Oh, I don't think I know him. Well, that's something to be proud of. Call you later, dear. Bye. Bye. Hello, Diamond. Ah, uh, never mind shaking hands, Shrimp. I want to keep my cufflinks. Ah, uh, you know me, Rick. Too well. What brings you here, small man? Strictly business. Oh, come off it, shrimp. You don't have enough to hire a bathtub, let alone a detective. On a level, Rick. I'm here to make you some dough. Just a big-hearted guy, huh? Okay, spell it. You heard of Hank Burton. I read the papers. Then you read how Hank lifted 50 G's worth of rocks a few months back. So? 
So they're offering an even grand reward for whoever brings Hank in. What are you getting at? Just that that even thousand is your fee if you'll do the little job. What? Well, Hank Burton, he's the one who sent me. He says he'll let you turn him in and collect the grand. Well, 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 another big-hearted guy. Make yourself clear, shrimp, and fast. Burton wants to see you. He wants you to do a legit job for him. He'll pay you for it by letting you turn him in. Doesn't make sense. Sure it does. Hank's a sick boy, bad heart condition. If he don't get some hospital care soon, he's a goner. Only as soon as he shows up at the hospital, the cops will nab him. So he might as well give himself up. And he'll let me be the one to collect the reward for it, huh? You got it right. That's his way of paying you for the job he wants done. Just what's the job? Uh, sorry, I said as much as I know. Except the job is strictly on the up and up. The rest you can hear from Hank himself. Where do I find him? I take you to him if you're interested in taking the job. Shrimp, I'm interested in almost anything that involves a thousand bucks. Only if this deal isn't on the level, I'll ram those buck teeth of yours down your throat. I tell the truth. I swear it. Don't bother to cross your heart. I doubt you'd be able to find it. Let's go see Burton. I didn't have any faith in Shrimp Martin, but the thought of a thousand green pieces of paper did wonders for my bankrupt morale. We took my car and Shrimp directed me to the warehouse section on Front Street. We parked beside a deserted-looking warehouse and Shrimp led me inside through a rear door. You should be here by now. Hank! Over here, Shrimp. Or behind those boxes over there, Diamond. I heard him. Hello, Dan. Hank. Shrimp tells me you have a deal to make. Yeah, that's right. Shrimp, go outside. See we ain't interrupted. Huh? Right. Sit on one of them boxes, Tom, and I get a lot to say. I'll stand. It's up to you. You look bad, Hank. Never mind that. Did Shrimp explain the setup? All except the job you expect in return for handing you over. Okay. I want you to find a girl, Diamond, that's all. That could be enough. Who's the girl? Her name is Lee Thorpe. You find out where she's located now, and I'll let you turn me in. Uh-huh. Why is it so important you know where this Lee Thorpe is, Hank? Because if I have to take the rap on that jewelry heist, she takes it with me. Keep talking. I met her about four months ago. Felt pretty hard. She seemed to go for me, too. We made plans. Big plans. And my ticket went bad. She suggested we go to Mexico where I could be taken care of, but that took dough. So you pulled the jewelry store robbery? Yeah. It was her idea. She said she knew of a fence where she could change the rocks in the door and we'd be out of country within a month. But the deal fell through, huh? Yeah. I was spotted during the job. I had to hide out, but I sent her the rocks, she said, to give her a week. I think I can guess what happened. Ain't hard. When I contacted her a week later, I found out she moved, disappeared, and... What a sap I was. What a sap. You were a sap to steal the stones in the first place, Hank. Okay, okay, no speeches. All I want you to do is locate this dame so the bulls can nab her, too. Uh-huh. Well, why not go to the police right away, Hank? Tell them the story and let them pick her up. No. No, she's smart. As soon as the word gets out of and picked up, she'll figure I squeal on her. It'll be harder to find her then. Mm-hmm. Won't be so easy now. Any idea where she might be? If I knew, I'd find her myself. You're the gumshoe, get to work. A thousand bucks ain't bad pay, you know. No, no, it's not bad at all. Only how do I know you'll keep the bargain? <laughs> Look at me, will you? 
I'm a dying man unless I get help. Don't worry, I'll, I'll let you turn me in. After you find the girl. All right, Burton, I'll take a chance. Where do I get in touch with you? You don't. I'll call you at your office around six. Work fast, that diamond. Find her as soon as you can. Yeah, Hank. As soon as I can. Hank Burton was in a bad way. And if he wouldn't give himself up until Lee Thorpe was located, then it was true she'd have to be found quickly. Hank didn't have much time left. We left the warehouse together. He and Shrimp Martin disappeared down Front Street, and I drove back uptown. At the 5th Precinct, I found that Lieutenant Walt Levinson was out to lunch. But in the meantime, the sergeant let me look through the files. Well, make yourself right at home, Mr. Diamond. Well, thank you, Lieutenant. I have. It's a wonder you're not sitting behind my desk. I'm sure you'd be more comfortable. Well, now, I might just take you up on that when I get tired. Fine, fine. Maybe you'd even like one of my uniforms to wear. No, Walt, let's not carry the joke too far. When I was on the force, I tried to get into one of your uniforms. It looked like Bonnie Prince Charlie in a raccoon coat. Just when I need after a nice lunch. You were around to give me indigestion. What are you looking for, anyway? I found it. File on a girl named Lee Thorpe. 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 Yeah, yeah, I remember. I used to be married to Davy Thorpe. Used to be? Yeah, it's all there in the folder. She split up with Davy two, maybe three years ago when he was sent up. Davy still in prison? Uh-uh. Out about a year ago. What do you want this Lee Gale for? Sorry, Walt. Confidential. Oh, great. I ask a question, you tell me it's confidential. But you think you can walk in here and poke through our files all you please? Uh, cheer up, Fatty. I'll tell you all about it after I find Lee Thorpe. Well, now, that's mighty big of you, Mr. Diamond. Well, think nothing of it, Lieutenant. I don't. Uh, find anything in the folder? Uh, not much. She's been picked up on a few minor offenses, that's all. What about Davy, her ex-husband? Oh, he seems pretty legitimate these days. Running a pool room over on 3rd. Listed in the book as Davy's Billiard Parlor. Hmm. That's an original name. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go see Davy. Maybe he's seen his ex-wife lately. Oh, don't rush off, Bright Eyes. Things are so dull around here when you're not poking your nose into our business. I know, but don't feel bad, Walt. I may be back. Well, goody, goody, gumdrop. I'll have our best cell waiting. You're such a wonderful host. See you later, Walt. <laughs> Davy's pool room turned out to be a dingy joint. There were no customers this early in the afternoon. But Davy must not have liked his tables to go to waste. He was playing at a front table all by himself. I walked over to him. Well, nice shot, Davy. Huh? Oh, want a game, Mac? I'd rather talk. This is a pool room, not a conversation club. It's about your wife, Davy. I got no wife. You did have... I had measles once, too, but that don't mean I'm still scratching. Have you seen Lee recently? Well, depends on how recent you call recently. Oh, in the last month or so? Mm-mm. Seen her when I first got out close to a year ago. She wants to pick up where we left off. And? I told her where to get off. You beat these dames. I get sent up out of circulation for a while. She wants to be free. Then I'm out. She wants to get all chummy again. Well, maybe you know where she might hang around, Davy. Yeah, maybe. You a cop? Private. Well? Well, what? I'm a businessman, pal. I don't shoot off my mouth out of fun of it. Will uh, ten bucks take the fun out of it? You don't see me laughing, do you? 
Put the money on the table. Okay, there you are. Oh, much obliged. Yeah, I might know where Lee hangs out. I'm not saying for sure, mind you. Been almost a year since I seen her. Keep talking. She always likes bars, lights, people. She used to drag me to a bar all the time. Any particular bar? Mm-hmm. The Bluebird Club over on 40th. In fact, that's where I first met her. I, uh... Oh, excuse me a sec. Hey, take a few shots while I answer that. Hello? Davies Billiard Parlor. Huh? I don't... Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, maybe yes. Hold it. Hey, uh, Shamus. Your name Richard Diamond? Mm, that's right. That's for you. If you want more out of me, I'll be over in the office. Thanks. Hello? Walt, I took a chance. Figured you'd still be there. What's up? Funny, but right after you were here, we got a call about Lee Thorpe. Picked her up right away. Good boy. I'll be right down. You at the precinct? Uh-uh. I'm at the morgue. Why? And don't bother to hurry, Rick. This gal won't be going anywhere. Not now. Before we continue with Richard Diamond, here are a few words about smoking enjoyment. According to nationwide surveys made by independent fact-finding organizations... More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. That fact was brought to light a few years ago when 113,597 doctors were asked this question. What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand named most was camel. In repeated surveys, doctors in all branches of medicine have been asked the same question. And each time... Camel leads all the rest. Yes, these surveys show that more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Why don't you start smoking the cigarette so many doctors enjoy? Start smoking mild, flavorful camels tonight. How mild, how mild, how mild can a cigarette be? Make the camel 30-day test and you see. Smoke camels and see. And now, back to Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. At the city morgue, I looked down on the girl who was once called Lee Thorpe and had now become a number. It wasn't a pretty sight, and I wasn't glad to be seeing it. Okay, Charlie, thanks. Come on, Rick. What did you find her, Walt? One of the beat men came across her in an alley over by 6th Street. Find the murder weapon? No, the knife wasn't around, only the holes it made. Yeah, we can sit down in here. You have some talking to do, Rick. No more of this confidential rigmarole. Okay, Walt. You ask the questions and I'll answer as best you can. Number one, why were you looking for the dame? Client hired me to find her. Who's the client? You know, Walt, this is going to sound screwy. Cut the build up, just make with the answer. Okay, okay. The client is Hank Burton. Well, at least we... What? Hank Burton? That's right. Now, sit down, fatty, and wipe that shocked expression off your face. Rick, boy, do you happen to know who Hank Burton is? That we've been after him for two months? I know, I know. And if things had gone as I planned, you'd have had him in a cell by tomorrow. I, uh, guess I'd better explain, Walt. Yeah, I think you'd better. And make it good, Rick. Plenty good. 
I told Walt about Burton, about the $1,000 fee and Burton's illness. He wasn't happy about the whole thing, but at least he now knew as much about the case as I did, which wasn't much for either of us to know. So Burton figured the gal gave him the double cross, huh? Yeah, I guess that's it. He wanted me to find her, just so he could turn her in when he gives himself up. Maybe and maybe not. Maybe he found her before you did. Maybe he's the one to put those knife wounds in her back. I doubt it, Walt. If he'd had any idea where she was, he wouldn't have bothered to hire me. Then why was she killed? Well, she must have known where $50,000 worth of jewelry was. Good enough reason? Yeah. Well, what now? You think Burton's still turned himself in after he hears the girl's dead? I think so. He's pretty sick. Hasn't got a chance on his own. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going back over the neighborhood where we found the girl's body. We figure she lived around there. Maybe we can find out where. It's a start anyway. Good. I'll wait for Hank Burton to contact me. Okay. And, Rick, if you turn up anything, let me in on it this time, huh? I waited until 6 o'clock in my office, and then Burton called. I didn't tell him about the girl over the phone. Instead, I made a date to meet him an hour later on the Christopher Street Ferry. The ferry was in when I arrived at the slip, so I went aboard. I agreed to meet Burton on the lower level port side. I went there, sat down on one of the benches. But five minutes later, the ferry pulled out and there was still no sign of Hank Burton. Diamond? Huh? It's me, Shrimp. Oh, that's quite a professional way you have of sneaking up on people, friend. Yeah. Enjoy the ride, Diamond. We go over to Jersey, then we come back. And then we get off. Where's Burton? He couldn't make it. I want you to meet him back at the warehouse we met in this morning. Oh, great. Why didn't you get here before we pulled out? I tried. Not as fast as I used to be. Uh-huh. Now, uh, tell me, Shrimp. Just why couldn't Hank make it here? It's as safe as that warehouse. Oh, well, uh, he's sick. He's feeling bad. He... Felt bad all day. Oh, it didn't sound so bad when I talked to him on the phone. Well, he, he was sick. He was. Real pain. He, he could never make it down here. Uh, let's enjoy the ride, huh? Let's talk some more first. If Burton knew he was too sick to meet me here, why did he suggest it in the first place? How should I know? Hank says we come to the warehouse, we go to the warehouse. Don't ask him any questions. Oh, I just have an inquisitive nature. I like answers, shrimp. Okay. How's this for an answer? Wow. Little man with a big gun. That's right. And the gun says we go to the warehouse. Now settle back and enjoy the ride. It was the most uncomfortable boat ride I'd taken in years. Shrimp put the gun back in his pocket, but kept it pointed toward me. The ferry finally returned to the New York side, and we got off. Then we drove back to Front Street and parked beside the warehouse. Okay, Diamond, in the back door. Well, stop waving the gun back and forth, Shrimp. You'll wear yourself out. No cracks. Go on, open the door. Where's Burton? Same place, over behind those boxes. Move. I still don't get it, Shrimp. 
Why wouldn't Hank come to the ferry? And why the artillery to make sure I came here? That's far enough. I'll light this candle, Diamond. Maybe you'll get your answer then. Well, that's better. At least I... Uh-oh. See what I mean, Shamus? Yeah, Shrimp. I see what you mean. Hank Burton wasn't bothered by his heart anymore. He lay there on the floor with a stupid expression on his face that the sudden dead often wear. His eyes were open in a bewildered stare, and his teeth were clenched tight. Hank Burton had died quickly, without warning. And it looked like I was next in line. Surprise, Diamond? You didn't bring me here for a reaction, Shrimp. Uh huh. I just get a kick out of seeing your face. Yeah. Good old Shrimp, the loyal friend. Hank trusted you. Ah, oh, that was a big mistake. Hank was a sap. I stuck with him because I thought he'd get his hands on them rocks again. Then I'd get a split. Only Hank didn't want the stuff back, huh? He was going to let me turn him in, and that left you out in the cold. You got it right. When I knew he was sicking you onto the dame, I went to the guy who really has the stones. Yeah, I figured there was someone else in this. You're not brave enough to try something like murder alone. He does very well at a time, believe me. Well, Pool Hall Thorpe, little Davy. You're a long way from your pool room, pal. There's more profitable things than pool rooms, Diamond. Uh, so it would seem. Like handling stolen jewelry. Uh-huh. You sure no one followed you, Shrimp? Positive. Good. I'm sorry about this, Diamond, but you'll have to join Hank before long. Yeah, I'll bet you're sorry. You were sorry when you killed your ex-wife, too, huh? Real sweet guy. She brings you the stones and you pay her back with a knife. Well, what could I do? Shrimp tells me there's a detective looking for her. Well, he was a good kid, but she didn't have much knife. She'd have talked her head off if you'd found her. Oh, I see. But why Hank and now me? Well, look at it this way. We finish you with the same knife that killed Lee. Then we put the knife in Hank's hand and the gun that killed him in yours. Oh, that's really great. Davy, I'm afraid you've been reading pulp fiction. <laughs> so the cops get wise sooner or later. It'll still give us time to get far away. Shrimp, you got the knife? Right here, Davy. Okay. We stall long enough, Shrimp. By candlelight yet, huh, fellas? Well, well, this is real romantic. Yeah, ain't it, though? Well, only not quite enough. It's even more romantic with a candle. Oh. Shrimp! He's taking a little nap, Davy, and I've got his gun. What? That's uh, too bad, Davy. You should have stuck to your pool room. Okay, Shrimp, get to your feet. Uh, diamond. Oh, I... shut up. Come on. Oh, my head. I... Shrimp, I made you a promise this morning. Huh? I said either this deal with Hank was on the level or your buck teeth were going down your throat. Oh, no, look, Diamond. Oh, shut up. Now, you know the old saying, Shrimp. See your dentist twice a year? Huh? Well, you won't have to worry about that now, friend.
Rick? Yes, Helen, dear? It's nice outside. If you're wearing a fur coat, it is. Oh, it's not really cold. Besides, you have a heavy coat. Helen, are you hinting that I should leave? Uh-huh, with me. I'd still like to go for that walk. Oh, no. Well, why not? The only time I see you is after a case. Then you just drop in, seat yourself at the piano, and take it easy. But, honey, I'm tired. Well, I'm not. I've been in all day, and I could use the exercise. Exercise, you want, huh? Well, I got a good idea. I'll chase you around the piano. It's your idea of exercise, huh? No, but just think of the fun we could have after I caught you. Oh, Rick, I'm serious. Just look out that window. Oh, stop shivering. Look at that moonlight. Isn't it romantic? What chances to give the Dodgers this year? Long walk. Just you and me. And the Giants. Now, there's a hot ball team. Hmm? Maybe over to Central Park. And the Arkansas Aggies. Oh, they'll be fighting all the way. Hand in hand. We Arkansas Aggies. Mm, yeah, yeah. My old home team. Richard Diamond, you are the most unromantic man in town. Helen, how can you say that? Don't I build a nice fire in the fireplace? I could get a Boy Scout to do that. Here we are, a fire, lights down low, a nice romantic song. And your idea of romance is a walk. Well, after all, I... Hey, where does that nice romantic song come in? Right about now. Well, couldn't you sing while we walk? Oh, sorry, honey. Throw another log on the fire Keep my golden memories aglow I don't see the face of my loved one When the logs are burning low Throw another log on the fire Bring back all the sweetest days I've known When our hearts were young in the springtime And her love was mine alone Now there's nothing left but the embers Springtime seems so long ago Keep my golden memories aglow. Ah, that was very nice. But I still didn't like it. Oh, that's a brilliant statement. I still want to go for a walk. Mm. Millions of girls in New York, and I had to pick a nature lover. <laughs> Dick Powell will return in just a moment. Camel leads all other brands in popularity by billions of cigarettes per year. Yes, more people smoke Camels than any other cigarette. And among them are many people whose throats are important to their careers. For instance, our own Dick Powell. Dick, why do you smoke Camels? Well, I smoke Camels regularly because I like their taste. They're mild and they agree with my throat. That's mighty important when you use your voice as much as I do. Friends, why don't you find out how well camels will agree with your throat? How mild, how mild, how mild, how mild, how mild can a cigarette be? 
Take the camel 30-day test and you'll see. Smoke camels and see. Here's Dick Powell with a special message. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of camels have now sent more than 200 million camel cigarettes to servicemen and veterans. This week, as every week, gift camels are being sent to hospitalized veterans. They're on their way to Veterans Hospitals, Phoenix, Arizona, and Des Moines, Iowa, U.S. Army Station Hospital, Fort Benning, Georgia, U.S. Naval Hospital Ship, Haven. Now, until next week, enjoy camels. I always do. Tonight's adventure of Richard Diamond was written by Dick Carr with music by Frank Worth. Virginia Gregg was heard as Helen Asher and Alan Reed as Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Others in the cast were Junius Matthews, Tony Barrett, and Ted DeCorsia. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. Be sure to listen to another great camel show. Vaughn Monroe and the Camel Caravan every Saturday night. There's more genuine pipe-smoking pleasure in Prince Albert. Let the singers tell you why. The bite is out and the pleasure's in when you smoke Prince Albert. It's specially treated not to bite your tongue. The bite is out and the pleasure's in... Pack your pipe with Prince Albert. The National Joy Smoke. The bite's out and the pleasure's in. And now there's more tobacco in every tin. Listen next week for another exciting adventure of Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell. This is your FBI. The official broadcast from the files of the FBI follows immediately. Stay tuned. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the American Broadcasting Company. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.